Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And today I'm wearing one of our pride t-shirts focusing on the second clause, love, commanded to love beyond the limits of our prejudices. Amen. All right, family, I want to I look today uh, at a passage of scripture found in the book of Acts, Acts, the 21st chapter, reading from verses 10 through 14, Acts 21. verses 10 through 14, and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version of Scripture. This is the Word of God. While we were staying there for several days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. He came to us and took Paul's belt, bound his own feet and hands with it, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is the way the Jews in Jerusalem will blind the man who owns this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Since he would not be persuaded, we remain silent except to say, the Lord's will be done. Let's pray. God, we thank you on this morning, and we are grateful, O God, that you are still the giver of life. We thank you, God, for the heartbeat that we feel that heartbeat, O oh God, is not just a sign that we are alive, but it's a sign that we are loved. Thank you, O oh God, for loving on us and for loving us. God, this morning, we ask that you even step into those fragmented spaces and broken places where wounds run deep, where pain and sorrow abound, because in some of those spaces, love has been absent. God, step in in a powerful way and let your healing presence, your transformative presence, your loving presence be experienced. And then, oh God, remind all of us who claim to be followers of the teachings of the carpenter and those who claim to love you, oh God, help us to lead with love, live in love, and let love be the ground of our very being. Thank you, God, for never letting us go. We love you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. 
Amen. I want to read that again, Acts 21, verses 10 through 14. While we were staying there for several days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. He came to us and took Paul's belt, bowed his own feet and hands with it, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is the way the Jews in Jerusalem will, blind, will bind the man who owns this belt and will hand it over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Since he would not be persuaded, we remain silent except to say, the Lord's will be done. The Lord's will be done. This morning, beloved, I want to speak from the subject, the beauty of anonymity. The beauty of anonymity. This story is one that I imagine many of us have not read from the book of Acts. Maybe even in reading it, we've passed over it a time or two. But I think it's a significant story in a myriad of ways. There's one particular way I want to share this morning. It focuses on a little-known prophet by the name of Agabus. Here in this 21st chapter, Paul is preparing to make his way to Jerusalem. He's preparing to continue the work and honor the assignment that God has placed on his life. And while Paul is seeking to honor the assignment God has placed on his life, he's unaware that there's another man with an assignment. This assignment by or given to the prophet Agabus was to warn Paul of the impending doom that was waiting for him in Jerusalem. Agabus does it in a dramatic fashion. He takes Paul's belt. He binds himself with Paul's belt. He tells Paul that this is what will be done to the man who owns this belt in Jerusalem. He's telling Paul that they will seek to bind you and maybe even kill you. Now, what we see is when Agabus shares this word to Paul, Paul is not moved to change his plans. In fact, after hearing these words from Agabus, Paul is more committed to the call and the assignment. He says in a word that he's not afraid and that he's not only ready to be bound if need be, but he's ready to die if need be for the cause of Jesus and for the, in defending the name of Jesus. It's a heroic moment for Paul. It is a moment of quiet commitment and humility. Oftentimes when this passage is read or heard, that's the focal point. The fact that Paul is willing to die because of the assignment. He's willing to die because of the call and the cause. And there's no word that he could hear or receive that would dissuade him from continuing his mission and his ministry and go to Jerusalem, no matter what the potential danger or obstacles that may lie there. 
That is a noble place to focus this morning. It would be because it speaks to what at times this work calls for those who are committed to being disciples of the carpenter, not those who are committed to just being numbered in the crowd, but those of us who are committed to the teachings of the, of the carpenter and are committed to the path of discipleship, that sometimes in our journey, God places these high assignments, risky assignments, that at times could mean for some over the years and over the centuries of Christendom, it could mean death, imprisonment, tragedy. And yet over the years, so many have gone with vigor and confidence into the lion's den, metaphorically, and into the fire because of the call and the cause. But what I want us to look at today is not Paul, who is one of the most paramount figures in Christendom, but this obscure, little-known prophet, Agabus. I've often said in different spaces, many of us never heard of Agabus. There have been no books written about Agabus, no tales told about Agabus. He's not a fixture or a figure celebrated in Christianity. Most of us may have never heard of Agabus until this very moment today. But Agabus serves as a model of something that I think is missing in times like these that we find ourselves in. For in these times where, whether we want to admit it or not, yeah, self-indulging narcissism seems to be the way of the day, when fixation on seeking to promote one's profile and platform and brand seems to be what is drawing the most attention. It is sobering and heartening to hear of a story of someone who honored the, excitement, the assignment without wanting the accolades. In this cultural moment, there's so many of us who feel less than or feel unworthy if we don't have a lot of people who know us. It is as if we try to celebratize everything, and we've even made, in some ways, celebrities and being a celebrity become a distorted form of idolatry. We compare ourselves to people who we believe are high profile. We try to look at the episodes from their lives and then let their episodes that we get glimpses of through social media somehow become the norm or be a goal for what normativity ought to be for our own lives. That is the age we are in. We want to be seen. We want to be known. We want to be heard. I often have said in many ways, certain platforms, yes, they have a great galvanizing purpose, Twitter, you know, Instagram, TikTok, and the like. But oftentimes, these different platforms have a way of reinforcing rabid insecurity and deepening the anxiety that comes along with insecurity. This is a time that we are in. And so it is good in times like these to hear of a story of someone who is not really known, but who knew how to honor an assignment. 
You see, at the end of the day, our lives are short. They are fleeting at best. The writer of James said that we are but mist and vapor that appears for a little while and then disappears. And it's amazing how so many of us in this short span of our life spend so much time wanting to be known only to be forgotten, wanting to be seen only to be overlooked, wanting to be remembered but not acknowledging who we are ourselves. These are the times we're in. There is something to be said about honoring the call on your life and doing it for what? Not for attention, not for fanfare, not for the accolades, but doing what you are doing and feel called to do for the sake of the assignment itself. Not because somehow honoring the call or the assignment or the commitment brings some celebrity or brings some fame or brings some fortune or brings some attention, but just honoring what has been placed in front of you to do with your gifts, with your ability, with your power for the sake of the assignment itself, not with some agenda connected to your own insecurity, not with some agenda to raise your platform or elevate your profile, but for the sincerest of purposes, for the sake of honoring the assignment. There's so many people today who the grand motivation behind their work is to raise their profile. Can you imagine what it means for people when we spend our days wanting to capture more followers, wanting to get more likes? It is a dangerous thing to want followers but not hold yourself, to want likes but not love yourself. In the word, I'm convinced, is something beautiful about wanting to be anonymous. There is beauty in anonymity. There is beauty in anonymity. Agabus shows us that there are times along the journey when God places an assignment before you. You honor the assignment for the sake of the assignment. And can I add this? Not for the sake of the outcome. What if Agabus was measuring his effectiveness by whether or not Paul was converted by his words? What if Agabus was basing the success of his assignment with whether or not Paul heeded his warning to not go to Jerusalem? Because as the story reads, Paul does not honor it. Paul does not heed the warning. But Agabus remains true to the assignment. What would have happened if Agabus would have looked at himself and felt like a failure because somehow the desired outcome was not made manifest? There's some of us right now that sometimes there are things that we engage, the calling, the assignment in our lives, and we're busy looking for the outcome and thinking that somehow our success or our failure is connected to whether or not the right outcome came. There's a book in the Bible right now, the book of Jeremiah, based on a prophet who preached for 20 years, and there was not one person converted by his preaching. And yet, a whole book of the Bible has been canonized by someone who, in today's standards, was a failure. A failure. Because no one paid attention to Jeremiah. No one was transformed by his preaching. No one was converted by his preaching. And yet, and still, Jeremiah is remembered. Why? Because of the outcome? No, because he honored the assignment even when he felt unworthy. 
he moved forward. That's really, to me, what is at the heart of how our world can be changed and transformed in profound ways today. What would happen if we weren't all trying to raise our platform and, and raise our profile? And, and what would happen today? What would our world look like if we were not so driven by narcissism, give birth by insecurity? What would our world look like today if we just simply sought to do what we were born and created to do and do it, not looking for attention, not looking for applause, not looking to be celebrities, but looking to honor the assignments that have been given to us? What would our lives look like if we, would, if we stay committed to that which God has given? Agabus is that model. But not just Agabus, there's so many people in history who have been overlooked and not talked about, not remembered. No buildings named after them. No stories told about them. No books written about them. But they were able to impact the lives of individuals who were able to impact the lives of individuals who were able to impact the lives of other individuals. And it started sometimes because of unknown figures who are not historical figures or have some great historical facts of their name. But what we do know about these people is that they honored the assignment given to them. There was a man who changed my life. And, 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 and nobody, very few people in the world will know his name. But if not for him, I wouldn't be standing in this pulpit now. If not for him, I wouldn't be doing what God has called me to do. It was through his mentorship and through his guidance and through his care and love that I found my way to Morehouse and God got a hold of me because of one person, no books written about him, no day of celebration for him, but he stayed faithful to the assignment. What is your motivating factor for why you do what you do? Do you do what you do so you can soak up all the credit or soak up all the air in every room you enter? What is the motivating factor? Do you do what you do because somehow you found a way to commodify or monetize what you do? Why do you do what you do? Because you want to be known or seen. Jesus said, be careful of those persons who want to pray long prayers on the corners and dressed in long robes to be seen and not even heard. There is something beautiful about anonymity. It was Wayne Dyer who said something that has stayed with me. He said, the obscure always outlasts the obvious. The obscure always outlasts the obvious. I know it is hard in these times we are in. Because if you sit there and scroll through Instagram and scroll through Twitter and scroll through TikTok and all the other platforms and you see all these beautiful images and all these achievements and all these successes, you begin to look at these things and wonder, well, what value am I? What have I done? Feeling as though you've done nothing, becoming dissatisfied with yourself because you looked at snapshots and episodes of other people's lives, but you never got a real sense of who they were. And you begin to compare yourself against that and you feel like something is wrong. You didn't do enough or I am not enough. I said a few weeks ago in Midweek Motivation, another quote from Wayne Dyer. 
Believing that you need what you don't have may be the definition of insanity. Believing that you need what you don't have may be the definition of insanity because you're here right now. You're alive right now, which proves you didn't need it in the first place. That means the focus is on your living and being alive and celebrating that. Not whether or not people will know you or people will remember you or people will put your name on some building or some street corner. We follow the carpenter. And yes, we recall the name now. And yes, we know of Jesus' name. But the story doesn't begin with Jesus' desire for attention. In fact, there were people who were healed by Jesus, who were touched by Jesus, who experienced transformation, and he didn't want them to tell anybody. He, he tried to move in and out as much as he could without the attention, but he couldn't control that. But it was his desire. There were times in his ministry where, where he just tried to get away, steal away to himself and, and get away from all the fanfare and the people following and the throngs of people just to have that moment. He wasn't seeking the attention. What I've learned in my own life is that anonymity is a precious commodity. But one way you guarantee enjoying the beauty of it is to learn the beautiful art of doing what you've been called to do quietly. And not only do it quietly, but whatever you do, make sure you add the we factor. What is that? Oh, because narcissism and insecurity will have you engaged in the I factor all day long. I did this. I have this. I got this. I achieved this. But there's nothing you've ever done that has been on the heels of individuality. Somehow, somebody poured into you. Somebody supported, somebody sustained for you to be here right now. So at the end of the day, what is the goal? What is your goal? To leave this place with the world knowing you? Or to leave this place honoring the assignment? Whatever that assignment may be. Whatever that great calling, that vocational longing in your life, there is beauty in anonymity. Everything you do doesn't have to be posted. Everywhere you go doesn't have to be posted. Sometimes there's just beauty in being and enjoying amazing moments without the fanfare. I know this message is countercultural to the moment we are in. But it was not Jesus' movement countercultural to the moment he was in. And are we not called to follow in those same footsteps? And in every age, that looks different. But I want to suggest to you today, beloved, maybe we ought to recapture the beauty of anonymity. Maybe like Agabus, we ought to honor the assignment and not be fixated on the outcome. Maybe we don't measure ourselves by who knows us, but maybe we measure ourselves by who we are and our faithfulness to what has been placed before us. When you live the life you are called to live, 
I ask you, what greater joy in life is there than that? When you know you are living the life you are created to live and honoring the call over your life or honoring the assignments placed before you, what greater fulfillment is there than that? There might not be a record of you in the history books. There might not be a holiday in your honor. There may not be special celebrations connected to who you are. But my God, to be known by God and to know as you are known, to honor who God has called you to be and what God has called you to do. And I know, I know that somebody watch right now and say, well, pastor, that's it. I don't know what I'm called to do. Ah, continue to do the things that are connected to your gifts that give God honor and honor those around you. The late social psychologist Ernest Becker wrote a book called The Denial of Death. And in it, he talked about almost a sickness that human, some human beings have. He called it immortality striving. Immortality striving is birth from insecurity. We want to be known because somehow we think if we're known, we live for eternity. How about this? Instead of wanting to do something to be known for eternity, think about what it means when you are known by eternity, when you are known by eternity. There's no shame in being under the radar. There's no shame in not chasing affirmation. There's no shame in not wanting to be a celebrity. There's no shame in not wanting to get mass followers. Every now and again, you got to move with commitment to the assignment that has been given and the life that has been given. Because one of the goals of this journey ought to be to leave it Leave this life with a smile on your face. Why? Because in the words of that old spiritual, words that were sung and talked back to God, it said in the essence, God, I done done what you told me to do. And that is where fulfillment resides. God, I did what you told me to do. And you will hear, well done. Well done. Come on, beloved, let's talk to the Lord. God, we honor you today. Most of all, oh God, we are grateful. I know sometimes, oh God, this phrase gets overused and overworn in our culture. But it's always good to remember that we are enough.
in fact, that we are more than enough. I know, God, that you are pleased with us. And sometimes, oh God, we need to be remembered that we are loved, that you are pleased with us, that you honor us. At times, that remembrance stops us from letting insecurity and anxiety shape our decisions and carve our path. It's hard, Lord, and you know it is in this age we're in where everybody wants to be famous and everybody wants to be a celebrity. Maybe the countercultural move is to do what we do with utmost commitment, determination, and resolve, and do it not looking to be seen, but do it to honor the assignment. Thank you, O oh God, for all the persons who've been agabus in our lives. The world may not know, but they saw us as their assignment and would not let us go. Thank you. Thank you for being so mindful of us that you sent some folk our way to push us to be the best version of ourselves. We love you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. On this Father's Day, remember how many fathers of father figures have been like Agabus in your life who saw you as the assignment and they poured into you, they loved on you, even pushed you sometimes when it didn't always feel pleasant, but only because they wanted you to be the best version of yourself. Let their model and let their commitment be a model of beautiful anonymity so that you can remain committed to the call and the assignment that has been placed before you so that you can live the life you were created to live. Until next time, beloved, much love, peace, and many blessings. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.